Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kalanorkas. The opening practice running for the 2020 Italian Grand Prix took place today at Monza, and that's the topic of our latest bite-sized podcast. Now, as I work on my post-practice feature analysis of the day's pecking order for autosport.com+, which as usual, you'll be able to read from Friday evening, I'm going to hand over again to my colleagues, Autosport technical editor Jake Boxall-Legg and our F1 reporter Luke Smith, who will guide you through all the big talking points of the day's F1 action in Italy. Over to you, Jake and Luke. Formula 1 hit the track at Monza on Friday with practice for the Italian Grand Prix as Mercedes once again dominated proceedings at the head of the field. Valtteri Bottas was able to set the pace in opening practice ahead of teammate Lewis Hamilton, but the six-time world champion turned the tables in FP2 to finish the day fastest. The gap between Mercedes and the rest of the field after Friday's running was vast. No one got within half a second of the black cars in FP1, while third-place man Lando Norris from McLaren was almost nine-tenths off Lewis Hamilton in second practice. Any potential challenge from Red Bull again looked off the cards as Max Verstappen ended the day fifth, citing struggles with the balance of his RB16 car. Verstappen also suffered a brief prang in FP1 with a spin into the barrier exiting Hascari, but escaped major damage despite causing a red flag. The fight to find some space to get a toe was also also an interesting storyline coming out of Friday, with Formula 3 qualifying again descending into fast and a number of F1 drivers bunching up during their one-lap simulations in FP2. It all bows for an entertaining, if not hugely competitive, qualifying on Saturday. Joining me to dissect all of today's action from La Pista Magica is Jake Boxall-Leg. Jake, you had a nice little Italian espresso coffee on the go there. Very, very themed. I like that. I did, but this is largely because we record the podcast, you know, quite late in the day. We've already done a news cycle and I just needed something to little a little something to perk me up and it seems to be working. I'm buzzing, I'm ready to go, ready to talk Monza. 
good. That's the kind of enthusiasm we like on this podcast. We love it. Um, and we're going to sap all of that enthusiasm and excitement away very quickly because Mercedes, they were just so dominant today. They're in a different postcode to the rest of the pack right now. I mean, realistically, I mean, are we really surprised anymore when they do sort of trout out an advantage of what, nearly nine tenths of a second in FP2? It's funny, isn't it? Because I'm sure we'll get onto this a, a, a little bit later, but obviously it's the first race with the, the new engine rules. Um, drivers and, and teams are no longer allowed to use different modes. Um, and yet uh, we are in a situation that is incredibly familiar and Mercedes just tramped everybody. Um, it looks a little bit closer in FP1, but obviously FP1 doesn't really... T- it's more of a disjointed story than FP2 is. Um, and yeah, they... Just, just walked away with it, didn't they? Um, we expected Monza to play to their strengths. Yet again, they're able to run a little bit more wing than everybody else to, you know, make up the pace in the in the Lesmos and in the the, the slower parts of the circuit. And yeah, just walking away with it. There are really no weak spots on that W11 car. It is quite remarkable, it seems. Uh, Valtteri Bottas, he said after FP2 that he's got a little bit of work still to do going in Saturday. He said he was struggling a bit with the rear stability of his Mercedes car. And he said after Spa that the qualifying defeats he was routinely being uh, subjected to by Lewis Hamilton, uh, quote, pisses him off. Now, that's obviously been a, a pretty difficult run for him recently. We talk about the, the title race, and I guess it's sort of slowly slipping away from him. How desperately does Valtteri Bottas need to break Lewis Hamilton's momentum right now well the thing is he's not going to do it just by continuing to do what he does and I don't know if it's something that he can turn around and you know remember back in 2015 2016 when Nico Rosberg was you know he was changing every single part of his lifestyle to try and get an advantage on track uh you know he he wasn't putting the baby to bed late at night um to try and you know get a little (laughs) bit of extra sleep that kind of thing um but what we're seeing now is a Lewis Hamilton that's a much more complete driver and Bottas can't just do these tiny marginal gains to get a little bit closer. It's going to have to be a big impulse. It's going to have to be a disruption. It's going to have to be something far, far greater than of that magnitude. And I don't know where that's going to come from, whether that's deciding to indulge in mind games, whether that's deciding to, I I don't know. I don't know what he can do. Um, It's, you're facing a driver who's probably you know the best on the grid facing the driver who's probably one of the best of all time and how how do you stop that wait for him to retire i guess (laughs) it would seem to be that way it's a very unenviable task facing valtteri bottas right now certainly um so even if at the front we maybe don't have too much of a competition for victory i think for p3 like it's really really hotting up to be at the sort of head of that midfield and even red bull uh maybe not impressing as much as we thought they would uh we saw lando norris he finished third fastest today for mclaren despite uh, an ers issue through FP2 that sidelined him for most of the session. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo would have taken third for Renault, continuing their very uh, very speedy pace that we saw from Spa, uh, but he had his lap time deleted as the stewards really clamped down on track limits, uh, exiting Parabolica. And then we also saw the Alpha Tauri team. They really started today. They hit the top five in both sessions. Uh, Pierre Gasly ended the day fourth fastest. He said it was definitely the best Friday that the teams had all season. Are you excited by that sort of upper midfield scrap? And do you think that Red Bull could even be dragged into it? I am. And it is very much uh, a fight for P3, isn't it? Um, it? It's kind of turning things on its head. I, I guess, I don't know if it's a legacy of these new engine 
rules or not, or if it's just getting the setup right for Monza, because as we know, it requires a completely bespoke aerodynamic package. Uh, if you look at the front wings and rear wings of all of the teams on the grid, they're, they're very, very different to what we've seen over the rest of the season. Um, and it's just that opportunity as well to just turn the engine up and see what happens. And it seems that Red Bull has so far played things a little bit more conservatively. Um, the car does still look a little bit skittish, which is a bit of a worry. Uh, I think we, in FB1, we, a couple of times we saw Alex Albon just edge a little bit, edge, very edgy at turn four. Uh, obviously, Verstappen dropped it um, and was somehow able to to keep it going. Um and then, yeah, we've got the Renault, uh, the timing boards. I think for them, it's a good thing because even though Ricardo had his time deleted, he was looking very, very quick. But it almost keeps their powder dry a little bit. They've not shown their full hand because they've not been able to. Uh, and Alpha Tauri is a big surprise. But again, if if Gasly in particular can retain that form, um, he's, you know, he's odds on for Q3 and a, a good qualifying spot. So, yeah, I'm excited. This is a turning on to be a, a bit of a hot battle, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. It is very, very exciting. And I think one team that we maybe would like to see there, but realistically we're not going to see there, is Ferrari, who uh, obviously have their terrible weekend at Spa, came to Monza, I think, braced for quite a, a difficult time. But then perhaps weren't as disastrous as one may have expected them to be today. We saw uh, Sebastian Vettel was a lowly 19th in FP1, beaten by uh, William Standin, uh, Roy Nissany in that session. But let's not read too much into that because it is FP1 after all. Um, but then in FP2, we saw Charles Leclerc finish P9, Sebastian Vettel P12. Leclerc said that the car was maybe working a bit better than expected uh, on the sort of qualifying low fuel runs. But then when they made the switch over, to high fuel on the long runs, it was a little bit more of an issue. And uh, we heard him on track throughout the session. I think he used the word disaster at one point, uh, said the car was very, very difficult to drive. But all things considered, to have one car in the top 10, is that actually not too bad a day for Ferrari? It's it's not on the face of it. Um, We have been expecting for a very long time that Monza was going to be a real uphill struggle for Ferrari. Um, so Leclerc getting P9 in, in FP2 is, is, is not bad. Uh, unfortunately practice doesn't make prizes or points. Um, Ah. and you you still have that problem that, you know, when, when I know we're not going to be turning the wick up as much in qualifying, but we're going to be in a situation where these teams are doing proper qualifying laps. And obviously you can look at the field and say Albon's out position, uh, in, in FP2, Ricardo's definitely out of position, FP2, maybe Perez, maybe Ocon. Um, and so you're looking at Ferrari occupying Q2 at best. If Leclerc or Vettel can get into FP3, that is a phenomenal achievement. But I don't see it happening at this stage of the weekend. Yeah, it is quite a, a bleak picture, I think. But in terms of uh, setup at Monza, I mean, honestly, it's a very, it's, it's, it's low downfalls. I mean, everyone has trimmed out. You mentioned the Mercedes earlier. They're able to run a little bit more wing to help them sort of through some of the corners and through the Lesmos especially. How much of a difference can you really sort of make between teams on the setup front? Um, and with the SF1000 car from Ferrari, I mean, it's pretty fundamentally uh, a flawed car aerodynamically but does the fact that everyone's got to run these sort of really skinny wings and trim everything out does that actually sort of help mask some of that a little bit and work in their favor i think yes and no um because if you've got a car that lends itself to that low downforce package then naturally your baseline performance is going to be very very good 
but at the same time everybody's running running these skinny wings and so you know you're kind of in the same boat you're probably running you know you're, you're trimmed out to about the same level then it becomes a matter of power and what i think is going to be interesting it's not going to be so much of an issue for other circuits on the calendar but i think particularly here with the new engine things it's going to matter where what setting the teams choose for for qualifying in the race um because as we saw you know Alpha Tauri looked incredibly good and obviously there's speculation that Honda might have turned their engines up to see what's possible and maybe do something with Red Bull with that tomorrow. Um, it, it's going to be a matter of of that. I think you're going to have to take a little bit of a gamble. So it does add an, a little bit of an extra dimension for this race, which I think is quite interesting. Um, but with regards to setup, it is just trim the wings out to as much as you can uh hope that you can get through uh the slower corners on the circuit and hoover up a little bit of time on the straights um i think it's particularly tomorrow the toe is going to be so so important so it's going to be a little bit of gamesmanship a little bit of tactics and that kind of thing tomorrow Definitely, yeah, and I think that's a good place to finish uh, previewing some of the nonsense that we are expecting uh, in qualifying tomorrow. Lewis Hamilton said he expects it to be a nightmare with all the drivers jostling for position, trying to find uh, uh, get a toe from the cars ahead. Uh, Carlos Sainz Jr., he said it would be chaos. Lots of other drivers throwing lots of very sort of big and scary words out there about the, the prospects of that uh, bunching, I think, on track. The FIA, they've already issued a warning to the drivers saying that they can't go too slowly, that although there is the minimum time that drivers must adhere to between the two safety car lines, so to ensure that they don't go too slowly, that will be at the steward's discretion. So if a driver is blatantly going too slowly, then they will clamp down on them and penalise them. We saw uh, in Formula 3 qualifying a repeat of what happened last year. Uh, today, today's F3 qualifying, that is. It was, uh, again, another pretty farcical affair. And uh, then we look ahead to F1 qualifying, which, of course, last year was where majority of the cars missed the line in Q3 and only got one lap in, which was pretty remarkable. Are you expecting a similar thing? Or do you think that these these 20 grown men may have learned from the lessons of last year? Um, we would like to think so, wouldn't we? In reality... They're going to find a way, aren't they? They're going to find a way to be a little bit silly. I think we look at the two qualifying sessions that happened earlier today in F3 and F2, and obviously F3, it's got 30 cars, which is, in my opinion, far too many. And of course, that's going to happen because you've got a lot of, you know, 16 to 20-year-olds are all looking to make a point and prove a point and show what they can do. But F2 was very, until Mick Schumacher's crash, anyway, it was relatively sensible. So I think... There is they can they can do it. They can definitely do it. But I think that they will get to a point in in Q three tomorrow where the clock is just about to elapse and they're all going to be fighting over each other for track position. But they'll want a toe at the same time. Because um, obviously last year Carlos Sainz was the one who, you know, he was in the that pack and he just decided to gun it and he was the only one that got across the line <laughs> and everyone else was, you know, piddling around at the back gate. Uh oh. So. I I don't think that they'll make that mistake this time around. If they do, um, you know, that's incredibly stupid on their part. But I think they'll be they'll be messing around definitely. Yeah, it all bodes for a very exciting qualifying session tomorrow, I think, with the, the all the drivers jostling to get a toe, plus the engine mode ban as well. That could hopefully spice things up. 
But even with that, it does look like the status quo at the very front of the pack will remain with Mercedes being the benchmark and the team to beat. Nevertheless, be sure to join us tomorrow on autosport.com for all of the news, analysis and reports uh, throughout qualifying day at Monza. We'll also have the live blog running right the way through FP3 and qualifying. And then Alex and John will be back on podcasts and duties tomorrow. But for now, Jake, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. Thanks to Luke and Jake for their thoughts and thanks to everybody listening. Just before we go, we'd like to remind you that the latest issue of Autosport magazine came out yesterday and is available on the supermarket shelves and in newsagents, as well as on the doormats of subscribers. There'll be a new issue of the magazine for you to pick up every Thursday, packed full of news, analysis and the usual stunning photography. And of course, if you want unlimited access to Autosport from the comfort of your home, visit autosport.com plus to find out how to subscribe to our digital package. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Autosport podcast. Music is 6am by Trilo, written by Marcus Simmons. See soundcloud.com slash Trilo Music. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply